welcome to another episode of Bleeding Edge Interviews. My name is Superdate, and I'm here to bring you another conversation with one of the top stars in the world of progressive rock and metal. If you're ever curious about what goes through the minds of the people who create all this music and what inspires them, well, this is the place to find out. Well, I've said it before, and I will say it again. I do enjoy discovery. It's one of the best parts about being a progressive rock and metal fan. There's always something new. And interestingly enough, things don't just have to be new to be new. They're new to me when I've overlooked them for about a decade. (laughs) Well, I can't catch everything, much as I try. Or one example of that would be my recent discovery of Hats Off Gentlemen, It's Adequate. A duo who have deeply embedded themselves into the world of Prague for uh, about a decade now. And I'm just now finally catching up. I'm finally getting on board. Finally became aware of. And their rising profile uh, is no mistake. Trust me on that. These are two talented and, and deeply intelligent guys who are making music their own way. And they're doing it in a way that wouldn't necessarily have been available to them in the not too distant past. So right now what we have is modern technology to thank for a duo of musicians who may not have been able to do it without that technology. You'll hear more now in my conversation with Mark Gadland and Malcolm Galloway of Hats Off Gentlemen, It's Adequate. Hello, thanks very much for your interest and your support. We greatly appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for joining me, guys. I appreciate your time as well. Uh, Absolutely. And and I got to admit, Hats Off Gentlemen, It's Adequate which I would say can be a drinking game to see how many times I trip up saying it. <laughs> so I'm going to minimize my use of it if I can, so I don't kill anybody with alcohol poisoning later on. But, uh, <laughs> I, I want to say you guys are for me, a, admittedly a recent discovery. Um, and uh, despite my uh, constant exploration and uh, interest in uh, all things progressive, um, somehow I was slow on the uptake, so I apologize for being late to the party, but I'm so glad. Oh, I not, at all. not at all, not at all. There's a lot, there's a lot of fans out there to discover, so, you know. Yeah, indeed. So, good morning. Thank you again. Or actually, I guess it's afternoon where you are, is it not? It's three o'clock our time, yes. And it's very, very hot in London, actually, yeah. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. All right. Well, again, I appreciate your time. Welcome aboard. So, you got the new album coming out soon. And you guys have actually, as I noted, uh, I'm late to the party, but you've been around for a while and you've been very active. Tell me a little bit about the origins of Hogia. <laughs> to shorten the name. So Mark and I used to um, make music together when we were at school um, many years ago. Um, so when we were about 12. We yeah, were, we're, we're high school chums, basically. We would, um, in the music room at lunchtimes and things, uh, jam through stuff, you know, Queen Songbook and Beryllium, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and we also did some uh, experimental contemporary classical stuff as well to go at that stage. Yeah. Um, and we played in all bands and things. And then uh, I got a bit distracted uh, by becoming a, a doctor for a while. Um, so I was a neuropathologist, brain mostly brain cancer. I was, and um, you know that can get in the way of other activities. <laughs> as we said, it's uh, slow it down your creative process can be a bit quite for a few in, years. Intense, yeah. um, but also I've got a genetic collagen disorder, Ehlers Danlos syndrome, and I over the years I had to keep 
cutting back the amount of doctoring I was doing was, you know, I was sitting at a microscope um, and it's very difficult with fractures in my, the, the bits of bone missing in my back. Um, and so I knew for a long time that I was having to gradually wind down the medical part. And um, although, you know, uh, it's not a situation I would necessarily have chosen in that sense. On the other hand, it, it does free me up to do nice creative things without feeling guilty. Mm. Yeah. Um, so uh, anyway, so I was, was um, supposed to, I hadn't, Marcus had been playing in bands all through, uh, yeah. all through his life. Um, whereas I had, you know, from school and then wasn't for a long time. Uh, and then I took part in a hospital pantomime and I was playing the, the uh, highly prestigious role of Sinbad's friend. Uh, <laughs> not Sinbad, uh, Sinbad's friend. It was um, definitely a bit below the line. Really. Um, but uh, I, I was given a couple of songs to do and um, nobody came back afterwards and said, you must do more uh, acting. Um, but I did get people saying, oh, you must do more singing. Uh, yeah. So it gave me a bit of confidence to, I'd always been doing little bits of songwriting. Mm. But yeah, you'd always been, been, been a songwriter. Yeah. So I, I started going to, started with open mic nights, doing little acoustic sessions, then you know, featured artists, acoustic slots. Um, and, you know, you, you build up your craft by experience and getting used to playing in front of an audience. Uh, and then, Mark came to one of them, and yeah, maybe you take them. Yeah, I mean, I came down and saw Malcolm, uh, just sort of hang out and see what he was getting up to, and he got up and you know, did some, he did some covers, uh, but there was some of his original stuff in there as well. Um, and I think at the time I was probably only in about four bands <laughs> <laughs> because I was always uh, spreading myself a little too thin. But I thought, <laughs> why don't we see where this can go? Why don't we, you know? Because we, we we always played well together at school. Yeah. We've got a natural affinity with each other yeah. musically. We always know where the other one wants to go, or you know, we can look at each other a certain way. We both know what we're yeah. sort of talking about, you know. So um, we gave it a go, didn't we? We gave it. A, did it start with recording, or did it start with actually doing some gigs? I can't remember. So I was also doing some stuff with Catherine, who won. I'm the husband of Catherine, who's the, she's a classical flautist, uh, you know, professional classical musician. And um, she, though it's not necessarily her genre, she was helping me out to get me started getting performing. Uh, she knew I, I needed to express myself, otherwise I'd get a bit. Yeah, get out of the house. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, so she helped to, to you know, going and doing some gigs with me and giving a bit of, bit of encouragement and uh, confidence. And I was doing some recording of some of that stuff mm. that I didn't necessarily expect it would go as far as it. Yeah, album and, number seven. Yeah, <laughs> I was kind of, the first album I was kind of imagining this was a purely a vanity project that would only be a bunch of CDs in my cupboard. Um, and um, and it's gone from that to being a vanity project with CDs in several different cupboards. <laughs> <laughs> Great progress. No, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm very grateful for people who do support. Um, go all in. Oh, yeah, all or nothing. Go yeah. hard or go home. So, so we, um, <laughs> all in on, on the that, band. On that yeah. first CD, that was, I think, 11 years ago. Yeah. And um, Mark then recorded some bass for some of those uh, tracks. And there was also some involvement. Um, what's the 
I think, but yeah, my um, so yeah. there was also I met um, some people at um, jam nights, and that had also helped being you know give me some confidence to do stuff. And they were involved at earlier stages, and yeah, they had to well, where we, we had a lovely drummer who then had to move, yeah, and then we couldn't carry on. And then similarly, Soft was up to a five piece at one point yeah. in the sort of um, earlier stages. Yeah, we were a a full band with a second guitar player and you know Kathy would come on flute as well so yeah. um but various you know people in relation to where people were moving and living and also in terms of what works for us physically because of my medical things we we generally play as the two of us plus laptop and we played our stuff into the laptop before. yeah it's, it's us playing on the laptop yeah. so it's not backing um, tracks in that bias yeah, yeah. it's us but um, it's really handy for me that it means we can rehearse in our flat in a way we couldn't with a drum kit um, in terms of neighbours. And also I can do quite a lot of it lying down or go from lying down to sitting up and standing mm. um, in a way that's just much less easy for me if I'm having to pack up gear and go to a re- rehearsal studio. And even just doing gigs because there's only me and him at gigs. Yeah. And occasionally Catherine, so there's less organisation in terms yeah. of trying to get people in a room or can you make this or can we travel to so-and-so. Yeah. You know, we get on a train literally with two suitcases yeah. and two guitars and that's the band. And so so, so it, I, we know it's an unusual setup for our live performance, but it's it's an arrangement that means that I can keep performing, yeah, basically, um, and um, without us having to carry stuff that we just physically on. Uh, so it works for us, and we're quite pleased how it's uh, it's working out. And as I say, it does mean that if a festival wants to bring us in, we can get on and off stage in five minutes. Oh, yeah, we're in, a, in a way that if you're setting up a drum yeah. kit and a bank of keyboards, yeah. not so much, yeah. and we're cheaper yeah. to put up because we only need a couple of. Yeah, a tour manager's so. dream, they say. Exactly, yeah. tour manager's dream. Yeah. And I'm curious, I'm sure the question comes up often, and I've yet to see the origins of it, other than other than a potential slogan for my career, where do you <laughs> come up with the name Hats Off Gentlemen, It's Adequate? So I always um, presage this with, I accept it's not practical in many ways. When you put the name on a festival poster, <laughs> the, the, the font has to be so tiny to make it fit on that. Nobody's got any idea who you are. But on the other hand, if people are searching for you online, there's a very good chance that it's not going to be somebody else who comes up with that name. Um, so there are pragmatic benefits. Um, and it's also a kind of sort of English humour, self-deprecating humour, I think. Um, the I, the image, of, I had an image in my mind for years of um, Edwardian gentlemen going, huzzah, about something <laughs> being fine but you know <laughs> maybe you know, yeah, that's, that's okay you know um uh, also i think there may have been a little bit of inspiration from there's a philip k dick story about where the person who becomes the president is the person who's statistically most average and there is averageness that is celebrated and then it's also a playful take um on uh, schumann wrote a review of chopin uh, when Chopin was starting off, uh, which said, hats off, gentlemen, a genius. And uh, it's a kind of playful take on uh, that kind of thing. Nice. 
I've always said that as well. It's quite handy. It doesn't mean sort of. It doesn't suggest a, a genre as such. Yeah. Not that sort of name that you're led down a path where you know what it's going to sound like before you've yeah. even heard a note being played. You know. Although um, it might make it sound like it's a comedy band, which is not. Yeah, which is not. Um, so all, we don't take ourselves very seriously. We're quite playful, I hope. And on the stage, on stage, we're, there's lots of playful interaction with the audience. But the actual music is often what we were describing as bleak tastic. Bleak tastic. Yeah. Uh, there's. Uh, it's tends to focus on fairly weighty, weighty themes, yeah. um, and yeah, rather than being party bangers. <laughs> um, so there's danger people might not listen thinking, oh, it's going to be some kind of novelty act. Right. Um, I did see one review complaining that... Um, oh, it's just a steampunk. Oh, yeah, they, they, weren't, they weren't even... They didn't even bother to wear hats. They weren't even steampunk. They said, so, we, we never claimed to be steampunk. Nothing against steampunk, but it just somebody must have assumed that from... The name and on a personal level, I don't actually like hats. It's I don't, I don't want to give the impression that I'm. I've never seen you wear one. No, I'm not. Like, I mean, it's not like I'm some kind of Jamiroquai. Um, so that is another way in which the name is potentially misleading. But um, right. you're more of a hat wearer than me. I am. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. But I, I do like it. It is it is quite memorable and 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 it's unique. And I and I think that's the part I really enjoyed and it stood out for me in that sense. And I'm always curious where people get that stuff from. The mm. call it call it a hat soft from here on in. You mentioned it. Just, just call it a hat safe. soft. <laughs> save time. We can yeah save you about twenty percent of your own time. <laughs> <laughs> the last guys I interviewed were digging into like Timothy Leary philosophy for their band name. So it was like a, oh wow okay always fascinating. And that's mm. I, I think that's the one thing I'm I'm very much used to with with prog bands is mm. that frequently I find they increase my vocabulary. Mm-hmm. You guys have taken it a bit of a step further because as I read about the album and and just listening to you talk now, there's such a deep love of literature and mm. so many literary references involved in this stuff that. Uh, not only expanding my vocabulary, you're attempting to expand my 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 reading <laughs> list, which yeah. I will never finish probably. But um, <laughs> I, like, I like bands that do that. Actually, yeah. I, I really like bands that do that and sort of teach you about other ways of thinking than other mm. avenues you can go down. You know, it's not just music; it's it's mm. it's a it's a way of kind of you know presenting ideas. I mean, in, you know? in terms of when you're saying about literature. Uh, I mean, it's basically in real life, I'm quite shy, and I'm not particularly shy on stage. But in real life, well, no, which one's real life? Uh, yeah. yeah, I feel more real actually on this. That that feels more genuine. But in yeah. in kind of day to day life, life, yeah, I'm quite shy, and I don't really express emotions very mm. obviously. Um, and it's nice for me that we might take. A, I like having a song where. We've taken the viewpoint of a character in a situation. And then, particularly on stage, you'd, you you're, in, you're yeah. in the, you know, you're, you feel like you're being that you're character expressing yeah. that thing. And it may be they're expressing things that I wouldn't necessarily feel comfortable expressing as me. You know what I mean? Because if I'm, you know, if, if one of these characters is, say, angry, um, and that can come across, I think, in the stage performances. But if right. it was doing it at me, I'd be putting in loads of 
apologies and caveat <laughs> in a way that doesn't work dramatically. Yes. It's nice to be able to get into a character in a situation. That's one of the things I like about um, literature. Often, a lot of our songs have been science fiction inspired, and some have been history and philosophy and um, current affairs, politics inspired. And I think there's a link between them in that a lot of science fiction isn't really about the future. No. It tells you much more about the time in which it it's was written. It's a reflection on, on what is yeah, happening at so, the time. Uh, when you look at past science fiction, it's how the future used to be. Yeah. Um, that kind of sense. So, uh, and sometimes by things being set 100,000 years in the future in a different galaxy, it gives it the space to be able to tackle uncomfortable subjects with some uh, distance. Yeah. So, um, on this album, we ha- it's not a concept album in the sense of telling a story from point A to point B at the end, but it has several interweaving, connected themes, some coming from, you mentioning literature, some coming from a more political um, aspect, but that then sort of reflect on each other and go on a journey, mm. even though it isn't a, a single narrative. Mm. That's our intention. Nice. Yeah, I I took some time to look up the stories that were mentioned and were referenced to get an idea Mm. of what all was going on. I mean, you're pulling from the likes of, you know, Philip K. Dick and Ian Mm. M. Banks and things like that. But um, what do you think for you were the themes that stood out the most that really drew you to these particular stories for this album? Um. I mean, there are some recurrent themes that we keep um, going back to. Yeah, the last two albums have touched on. um, So, uh, miscommunication leading to ongoing problems without necessarily it being that either side starts off with bad intentions, perhaps. Mm. Um, Things escalate into a point where you can't remember why you started in the first place. Yeah, so cycles of. Yes. violence and yeah. then the communication breaks down more and more so that it becomes going to be impossible to break out of it in the enm banks influence title track in that story it's a it's an ai who's then talking to somebody who thinks they're about to commit a terrorist atrocity and showing them the futility of that kind of ongoing thing and changing their mind mm. Um, it, yeah, it, it, a lot of what we write about as well is kind of how we as a race, as a human race, don't learn from our mm. previous mistakes and generation upon generation keeps reliving it over mm. and over again. You know, whether it's climate change or whether it's, yeah, you know, hatred against one mm. another in yeah. some sort of way, you know. So we kind of, uh, the songs are written about that as well. Yeah. So without, without shoving it down people's throats, it's, it's more of a kind of tapping someone on the shoulder and saying, well, look, don't you realise what's going on here? Yeah. And trying to sort of yeah lead people to a, a way of thinking rather than, you know. We hope it's not too preachy. Yeah. And also there is a danger with these things that, that largely you're preaching to the converted. I mean, I think most people who listen to prog rock tend not to be evil <laughs> you know what i mean i, I mean it said i mean i don't think there are going to be many people you know, listening to our stuff and go, oh yeah i won't go and 
do a bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> but on the other hand, it's the stuff that's going on all around us. And that's what inspires me for writing uh, lyrics. And it's never particularly appealed to me to write about how baby you look so fine or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's, not the, it's not really moon, June, spoon, your kind of song. No. Like, it? Um, but it, yeah, it's just that, you know, what I'm influenced by at the time. And I listen to lots and lots of audio books. Sometimes it's a phrase that just comes out that seems to be calling out to be a mm-hmm. shape of a melody. Yeah. Um, I was gonna, um, in terms of the themes and we're saying about communication and also that sense of Mark's raising the issue of othering, you know, when you're saying, well, this is us, those of them, there are them and them aren't really proper humans. You know, we are humanity and they are thems and that's the theme we keep going back to in it and obviously from my perspective that being a bad thing so one of the songs is in relation to um i mean my i've got um, my family was very affected by the uh, holocaust and we've explored that a bit in some previous um tracks in this album um there was a book by a a, a uk um Labour MP, who wrote about a group of MPs in the Second World War uh, who were gay and they had been going uh, to Germany, which had, at the time, very liberal mm. laws relating to homosexuality. Sort of Weimar kind of yeah. era Germany. Um, and then obviously that changed with the rise of the Nazis. And they were some of the first people in UK public life to be aware of the dangers of um, well, the impending Holocaust and fascism, and, fascism, and, fascism yeah. and they were then seeing that their friends suddenly disappearing into concentration camps. Um, and I, I found that a really moving uh, book. And also for me, I mean, I, and I, I'm, my personal views are you know, left to centre, um, and I'm not perhaps so used to a story in which a conservative MP yeah. is the actual yeah. Uh, hero. Yeah, and so I quite like that. It you know it challenged right. my assumption that this was a group of conservative MPs who started as largely like rich Playboy type figures, yeah. but who then yeah. were really changed by what they'd seen yeah. and stood up uh, and against. Yeah, yeah, and they and the. Chamberlain government was threatening to out them. And there were these failed attacks in the British press. And they were called the Glamour Boys as a, at the time they couldn't say they were gay, but they were pushing through their contacts in the press to make sure these people were undermined. Mm. Uh, And they could have just acquiesced, but they didn't. They carried on fighting um, against fascism. And many of them then lost their lives actually in the war. Mm. Um, but they, yes, yeah, so they had political views that, not, you know, to start with that, are not ones that I necessarily share. Yeah. Um, but then they had this experience that I think is um, yeah. a. It's a fascinating really book, moving, actually, isn't it? It is a story. Fa- I mean, yeah, because, you know, Malcolm brought it to my attention as well. Yeah. I, I didn't even know of the story until Malcolm told me about it which then made me go and read the book mm. as well, which then opened my eyes to mm. the story and the whole the so, Yeah, so that's one of the stories. And so, yes, this one's a historical true story. I mean, we've in our version of it, we've made our kind of protagonist figure, figure a 
an amalgam of yeah. several of the yeah. different... Yeah. No, one yeah. no, no one's named by name. Um, but following their story. But to me, it's a, it's a similar kind of narrative to some of the other ones we've done from the science fiction aspect where people are learning the dangers of regarding people who are different as less valued or less human. Yeah. Um, so that's the kind of links that, you know, when I say we have these links between the fictional and the non-fictional and, you know, as you're saying, literature in a variety of ways feeding into the overall shape of the album. Right. Yeah. That sounds very cool. In fact, you've got me interested in the book now, too. <laughs> so, yeah. Fourth book there you go. Um, but for those listening that we haven't said the title yet, but the new album, The, the Light of Agent Mistakes, as you can see, the themes absolutely encapsulated in five okay. words, uh, due out September 9th. Um, yes. It's been a whole year since your last album. What's taken you I guys? Know, so it's been so long. Get back in the groove. So long. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, pretty, pretty lazy. I mean, I, I mean to be fair, uh, we have, we have, we did an EP in the middle of that. We did an EP. We, 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 we put out an EP yeah. during lockdown as well. Um, when was it second yeah, lockdown? We had uh, we we definitely have done an EP yeah, at the time yeah. uh, of stuff that's not on the album. Um, and I also knocked out a solo album as well. Yeah, you did another um, minimalist classic. Yeah, I also well. did classical minimalist stuff as well. Um, so there's um, never a shortage of. Um, <laughs> I say this fingers crossed. There's never a shortage of song ideas flitting around. There's there's a, a little locker we've got, you know, mm. that's kind of got songs sitting there ready to be used for future projects or mm. maybe not, depending. So, I mean, even the next album, there's some ideas already in there floating yeah. around. We've got a loose idea of what yeah. it might be about. So, yeah, you're writing all the time. Yeah. So I mean, one of the... Um, so I find it very difficult to just do one thing at a time. Mm. Um, so... As soon as we have things to do, like proofreading uh, CD booklets, <laughs> then my urge. Uh, I had this this morning. I, knew, I we need we needed to get the stuff to the printer. Yeah. And then so then suddenly I've got this new song idea, and it's like, oh no, I need to be checking for. Yeah, as as we're doing this interview now, actually, we're literally just literally just set off the uh, artwork for the album yeah. for, for printing. For printing, uh, for printing. Uh, and so then it was another yeah. song idea was getting there. So yeah, I think I think it. Songwriting is like some form of deferment for you know, uh, as, oh no, no, a displacement, displacement for yeah. when I have things I meant to do. But on the other hand, there is some positive stat in that we then have lots of songs. Yeah, I think half my role in this band is to keep Malcolm on track. <laughs> yeah, actually, <laughs> that's a really valuable stay, thing. Stay on target, you know. <laughs> so uh, I, I mean, it goes through cycles of yeah. uh, splurging out lots of activity and then uh, tidying things up. But yeah, I think. Mark makes a good point that one of the things that I really like about us working as a, a duo is I, it, you know, you might suddenly get a message like, oh, here, here are six new song ideas. Uh, what do you like? And then, then, well, I particularly like this one. Uh, okay, I'll focus on that one. Uh, and that, you know, I, I find that feedback and interaction really helpful. And it also encourages me maybe to be a bit more wild with it in a way that if it was just me on my own i might be like oh, oh no i should make i should get rid of that oh no i should make that yeah you know? yeah 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 you say no no come on you know that guitar solo needs to be audible and 
you know, you can give a bit more welly and that bit of yeah. and all that. That's helpful. <laughs> yeah. It's it's amazing because in in over the last three years, so many bands it seems were slowed down by the pandemic. Uh, you know, I know, yeah. And yet, you guys seem to just kept chugging right along. Although it sounds like you maybe have been always chugging along. Well, that that's our working method because the way we generally work. I mean, Malcolm would send me ideas over via you know a Dropbox or whatever, or we transfer, yeah. and I'll work at them at my place on my computer. And then I'll record all the bits that I think should maybe be on this track, fire them all back to him, and yeah. he'll put those bits in or not depending. So um, that's the way we generally work, isn't it? Mm. And then we only really get together physically when we're, say, recording vocals, and then obviously the more mixing and sort of those sort of things, where you want to sort of bounce around yeah. ideas in terms of volume levels and panning and stuff. But yeah, in terms of songs and parts, it's all done remotely with each other. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because of my physical challenges, I have to spend most of the day normally lying down. Um, and so a lot of the time I'm spending it lying down with a laptop on my chest. Yeah. Um, writing ditties. Yeah. Um, yeah. Almost. Uh, that's, why, that's why there's so many, so, so many sounds on a hats off song half the time. It's because the kitchen sink gets put in there. <laughs> and then sometimes the kitchen sink will get used or sometimes it'll just be Malcolm and a piano depending on what the song yeah. needs so you know and that's a, that's a decision that we, we come yeah. to between us you know yeah, yeah we hope the sounds serve the song but often yeah often things are very layered so um, you know I suppose something like when we this the walking to Alder Baron which is the most complex of the tracks on the new album and nothing you know, 90 something yeah of tracks separate yeah. elements on it um, yeah, it's probably not very old. Hopefully, without it just being a a mush, a mess. Um, <laughs> because we try and you know with EQ and things carve out individual spaces for things. But often, say if we've got a string part, rather than it being a single string plugin or instrument, right. it will be multiple layered ones that the you know it gives it a, a thickness and also a bit, bit more of a sense of reality. Well. reality yeah. You know, we got. And often it's a mixture of synthesized and sampled and real. Yeah. Um, so bringing a mixture of humanity mm. and and stuff that I can do lying down. Mm. It, it's amazing the way that technology these days mm. can enable people dealing with physical challenges who might mm. not otherwise be able to be involved yeah. in music and creation this way to mm. be able to be as creative as you are. Like that mm, yes. is uh, one of those modern miracles because, you know, you go back far enough, you know, this would be almost something, uh, an untapped well uh, of, of, of creativity, to use the word again, on your part. That, that's amazing. Yeah. 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 I mean, if this was 20, 30 years ago, you know, if you think, say like Pink Floyd, how much it would cost to make a pink floyd album in those days i was thinking yeah the, the way oh. our working methods and the old the old system of going to a studio and booking out a studio for a month or two months or whatever it still wouldn't work that way with us even now because the songs evolve over mm. an amount of time at varying rates yeah. and get finished off at different points yeah, it's um, a very iterative process yeah it really it is, is yeah. and it goes backwards forwards between us and it might 
end up quite differently to how it yeah i could yeah i could see if we went and block booked i know abbey road or air studios or whatever we'd probably sit there and go right uh what should we do because that's not the way we work you know right. and i'd probably sit there for however long and then my back would go and yeah exactly yeah and <laughs> the rest of the time lying down yeah. um yeah so it, it kind of works for us but as you say the technology has given me a freedom and, and even with the things like i said what we're doing now, if yeah. it had been in the past, you know, no record label would have been wanting to put the money that would have taken to record the kind of things we're doing yeah. in that kind of way. Yeah. But also, you know, we'd have been dependent on reaching out to people just through live gigs that we can talk to. Yeah. So the limitations there as well. I mean, how, how long is the album now? Yeah, it's an hour and... Oh, it's uh, 67 minutes. Yeah. That's the kind of thing, yeah. Trying to sell to an A&R man, really? the idea of a 67-minute album with a nine-minute album about a spaceman who turns into a, you know... Something. I mean, yeah, all of our albums, I think, would have been double albums if in a on vinyl because yeah. they're right. um, pretty long, so it would have been, you know, commercially not plausible at all. But, yeah, yeah the fact that actually, to me, it feels quite amazing that we, you know, I can have an idea and it goes into a laptop flying down. Yeah. And all we all the edit all the um editing, mixing, mastering we do on the laptop. Um and going from that and then you know like being heard by people yeah, in like, different like yourself. Continents. Yeah. Different continents. Um yeah. I find that really uh, an inspiring yeah. thing. I mean obviously it means that there's loads of music because it's there are so many fewer barriers to making music. Right. Um, but it, yes, yeah, transformative for me. Yeah, yeah. It's the idea that these days you can do all that from home on a laptop mm. and mm. have the level of quality, sound quality, and 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 all that that comes out of these things without the cost of bringing in Alan Parsons is to me of course a yeah. great advancement. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Also, then the feedback you get from the say the end user the person who's going to listen to it at the other end and appreciate it you know so they'll contact you via facebook or whatever and say how much they love that new song that you've written three weeks ago mm. so that whole connection is so yeah. much quicker now than it used to be as well yeah 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 you know, actually guys like you as well who are making yeah. us known to people out there so yeah, yeah it certainly here. does seem your profile has been on the rise because i know certainly you know, you came to my attention through other avenues, um, you know, other prog related magazines and sites and things like that, you know, where they put something up there. Hey, got a great album here. Listen to this. And, pull it yeah. up and go, oh, yeah, you're right. It is a great album. Thank you for sharing that. So and that's yeah. in a, I have been in a glut of discovery lately. It seems like in, in the space of two weeks, about two dozen bands I didn't know existed mm. that are yeah. new just have popped up some of them are actually brand new and just debuting but yeah. it, it has been a uh i do enjoy the discovery that's my favorite part about all of it yeah, there, there's so much good music out there there's so much good music and we're very fortunate i think in the uk there's um like a what's an independent folk yeah. scene of um you know i'm not saying it's huge in terms of commercially but there's um a group of bands that similar kind of Level often yeah. playing the same similar venues and festivals, and that are really mutually supportive. Yeah, the scene, the scene over here. I mean, I, I assume it's the same in the states as well, actually, because I think you know the prog scenes, the metal scenes have always attracted bands that are supportive mm. to each other. Mm. You know, 
But over here, it's about them staying at yeah, the sort of level that we're at. Um, yeah, the bands we bump into, they're, 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 they're really nice. Yeah, they go to each everyone's got each other's support, backs, yeah. and yeah, everyone's buying each other's stuff. Yeah. And and the, and the fans as well. The fans over here, they like physical products. They like to buy a T-shirt. They like to buy a, a physical CD rather Particularly than download it. Yeah. yeah, I used to download. I used to have CDs, but uh, then storage just became an issue. Yeah, so I- that's the same for me personally. In our flat, we don't have room for CDs. So I, I used to be a classical music reviewer. Right, and yeah. so I had a vast collection, but we just sadly didn't physically handle it. But uh, people are fortunate to have the space. I can under- mm. I certainly can understand that yeah. uh, mm. desire to have something tangible. But we, well, that's why we spend a lot of time on the artwork as well. Mm. You know, we we sit down and we we mm. we plan the artwork like well because it's yeah. it will be a physical album, right? And yeah, uh, very much an integral for us. The art is very. An integral part of the album. Yeah, it's part mm-hmm. of the whole experience as yeah. well. So yeah. you're not just listening to the songs; you're actually you, know, you're, you can read the lyric sheet, and there's artwork attached to each song, yeah. and mm-hmm. yeah, the whole thing feels like a, an entity. You know? Yeah, the last couple of albums we've generally made at least one new artwork to reflect each song. Mm. Wow, that that's impressive. I like that. Yeah, and it, I worry at times that with all the digital that the art form of the album cover can get lost. Um, although I think there are a lot of bands out there doing well, like your, you guys. I really like the cover for this upcoming album in particular. Like it, 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 it has a very classic appeal to it, I think, uh, in terms of you know the pantheon of, of album covers. Um, okay. So it, it it is it is very reflective and I think reflects the music well and and, oh, and hints towards the story more than you mm. know just some real simple abstract thing that that somebody else mm. yeah yeah and we aimed with that image because it's it's made up from multiple different images edited yeah. that we've edited together um, that without explicitly being one of the songs it has got hints towards several different songs yeah. of the album in different ways. Yeah. When you're saying about the death of, or the risk of the decline of album <laughs> art as a form, um, one of the issues that we have faced is there's a real perceptual difference between seeing something at an LP size, just in terms of even like, um, it's a bit like the difference between seeing something on a television and seeing it in the cinema. Yeah. If you, in the cinema, you're having to move your eyes to follow the action, yeah. which is a very different neurological process to just in front of you, and it's more, you know, more passive in terms of your eye movements. Yeah. Similarly, if you've got an album cover that's that big, you know, you're looking and your eyes are darting it to different places, that doesn't necessarily mean it will translate. The same thing that would work in that space doesn't necessarily translate well to a thumbnail, thumbnail. on a phone. Yeah. But realistically, you know, um, that, that's how music gets a lot of, consumed, a lot of, it, a lot of, a lot of people yeah. who are seeing the album cover are going to be seeing it in that kind of thumbnail format. So we we tried to make the art in a way that hopefully works in both contexts. We did slightly vary some things mm. uh, for the printed version versus the online version, just in terms of the sharpness and each other um but yeah it's, it's a bit of a of a balance um right. trying to make it work in both 
exercises. Yeah. Speaking as a person who really tends to lock in memory with visual references. Yeah. That kind of stuff to me is, is important. And, and oh, it's massively I'm important present, I've yeah. got it in my head, you know, like, yeah. uh, you know, I'll, I, I tend to, for whatever weird reason, if I don't have a visual reference to work with, when I hear certain songs, in some ways, I still in my mind associate certain colors with certain musical styles and textures. Uh huh. And, and I, I, it's the best way I can think to describe it. It's, it's, maybe I'm not the only one that has that little weird facet of my brain going on. So, mm. or I am, and somebody needs to study my brain. <laughs> well, often with our albums, there's been, uh, Color palettes that we've gone with to give some palette. kind of consistency yeah. through the album, which hopefully we feel reflects the, the sound in some way. Yeah. Um, so we've had songs where it's more of a wish, slightly colder, silvers and yeah, yeah, that kind um, of idea. And then yeah. we had the nostalgia for infinity was greys and yeah. uh, clouds. Then there were more brighter blues yeah there's, there's more like browns and let's say brighter yeah. blues and oranges and this sort of thing mm. going on this time around yeah. yeah so um yeah that kind of sense of the mood board for the album right varies a bit from album. nice hopefully so, it's got consistency <laughs> meanwhile so instead of storing cds these days i'm working on figuring out where to store the concert shirts so <laughs> <laughs> i just switched my my uh, collection so to speak um i'm curious so you you did something rather unusual with this album that i don't think i've seen done before at least not in a single album um that you have an instrumental trilogy within oh yeah i understood correctly the anxiety (laughs) machine i guess is the overarching title of it yeah and i understand for you malcolm there's a very personal aspect associated with those at least one of those uh, particular songs in the trilogy regarding, I, I don't know if I'm saying right, Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome? syndrome? Oh, yeah, so that's my genetic collagen disorder that uh, very much uh, influences my life. Um, uh, the, the, it, it causes, it's a, sorry, it's a genetic disease, it's collagen is the most abundant protein in the body as in pretty much everything. Um, so I have a lot of, uh, a lot of chronic pain um, it causes problems with the um, autonomic system, so you get brain fog, um, um, vomiting, uh, uh, torn cartilages and things in my knees, bits of bone missing in my back, etc., etc. You know, it varies which bit isn't working from moment to moment, but usually there's something that hurts. Uh, so there's a song on the album uh, I'm Tired and Everything Hurts uh, which was inspired by a t-shirt that I saw and then bought uh, I'm Tired and Everything Hurts and I got in touch with the the people who made the t-shirt and said oh could I borrow that as a song title Mm -hmm. well that that was a new stump Uh, Mm -hmm. um, and but yeah I thought yeah no that um, as a rough summary reflects quite a lot of um, my life Uh, so I wrote the lyrics for that song being about um, the difficulty, again, that coming back to that theme of communication. Often when you meet somebody, they say, oh, hello, how are you? 
And yeah. sometimes it's because they they actually want to know how are you feeling, you know, um, what's physically going on with you. Usually not. Usually it's a it's a, just a standard. Might as well be a two computers saying ping, ping, and just checking there's a connection. This is also a very, very British thing as well. Yeah, <laughs> um, um, yeah but in, as, I think that might be an English-American thing, that in England it would be, oh, I'm fine, whereas I think maybe more American would be great. I'm great. Uh, uh, yeah. Words. Uh, yeah. But, but if you've got a chronic problem, it's very difficult yeah. to... Um, is to know what to say, and I was, I've spoken to quite a lot of people with similar issues where it, you don't want to be dishonest, yeah, yeah. but you also know that the other person probably doesn't want to go through a list of your top 25 current <laughs> disability <laughs> issues at that moment. Um, but you also don't want people to feel uncomfortable talking to you. Um, so I, I tend to answer with you, well, either answer with a song. Well, or, you know, in real life, either he was not dead yet or up and yeah. down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, something non-committal. Um, Define it in the face of uh, massive adversity. Yeah, and that's um, where the, the song that we had a few albums ago, Broken But Still, still Standing, that yeah. kind of sense of, um, yeah, I'm not saying I'm fine, but I'm, I want to carry on. You know, it's really yeah, yeah. important not to give up. Um, so, anyway, so that's what the song I'm Tired and Everything Hurts about. One of the other things that, um, very common with this condition is jitteriness, anxiety. Uh, I, uh, I don't know how much it's to do with my inherent personality, how much to do with uh, illness, but you know, I, I tend to be a bit uh, yeah. anxious. Um, and uh, I think that's one of the reasons that I tend to be so productive as well. Mm. It, it distracts me from uh, mm-hmm. whatever else Thanks. I might think of if I wasn't uh, yeah. other stuff into my the anxiety machine the, the three parts of that that's the edited version isn't it yeah so, uh, <laughs> so there was a, so, there's a longer version oh yeah, yeah there's a, <laughs> uh, so that's just um, an instrumental and it's uh, yeah it's fairly abstract and that's coming so, from more of your that's from the yeah, yeah contemporary classical side right. and it was just um, I suppose it was just a kind of a it was meant to be a bit of a musical description, that kind of... It's, it's not... It's un, unnerving I, I mean, and a it's, bit edgy and kind of... You're not quite settled. Yeah. That sort of thing. I mean, it's not... We're not trying to freak people it's out. Not, <laughs> it's not like a panic attack type. No, thing. no, no, no. It's just that... Uh, I, I yeah, don't know something's that, not quite right. Yeah. yeah. Um, which... Um, I'm sure... Of feeling unsettled. Okay. Um, so I get sorry? Uh, a continual sense of feeling unsettled, I imagine. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, that was sort of what I was yeah. getting at uh, with that. And it's just. Um, but it acts as punctuation. Yeah. Album, so, it? you know, so there might be. Yeah, I, can, we, I think we can recognize there might be a limit to how long in a row people won't be shouting in their face, basically. <laughs> and um, instead, we'll with an anxious instrument <laughs> uh, yeah so we, the way we you know we try and structure the albums in a way that's you know uh, that's also important as well there's, defi- there's a definite flow to the albums there's, yeah. there's a definite start point and end point and we try yeah. and you know, that, that's as, as important as the artwork yeah. you know yeah. so you might have moments that are quite intense the idea then, of the album and then we have, might have a more not laid back that's definitely the wrong word but 
less in your face. Yeah, uh, it's got ebb and flow to it. Yeah, it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it comes it up to a crescendo batteries, and yeah. comes down again. Yeah, I mean, on, on the whole, we tend to have roughly 50 50, I think, instrumental and non instrumental tracks yeah. around. I think it is half and half this time, pretty yeah. much. Well, vocal, non vocal. It's an interesting choice. I, I flash back to you talking earlier about how, to a certain extent, telling the story as a character, or you know, the lyrics written yeah. through the eyes of a character can serve almost as a means of personal expression by proxy. Yes. Yeah. And it's interesting that the, I guess, perhaps one of the more personal songs, if not the most personal song yeah. or suite of songs in the album, you chose to go with an instrumental route. Um, yeah, that's a, an interesting point. Um, and actually thinking back to on some of our previous albums where uh, the ones that I've done about family history, like the, so we had Refuge, which was about my great-grandmother's experience of um, it being in hiding during yeah. the Holocaust, being protected and saved. And then our, oh, the previous yeah. one, which was about my great-granddad on the other side, his experience of... Um, Fighting in the Second World War, um, but both of those, they're both long form, long form, yeah. sort of semi-classical, um, but instrumental. Yeah, so I've not really thought about that before, but that's an interesting point. Yeah, mm. um, yeah, maybe. When, when emotion comes across in each of them, doesn't it? I mean, you, I so. yeah, I think so. And, yeah, and the fact you sort of you do obviously in the liner notes where you explain mm. at this point the story is doing this, and at this point the story is doing that, so it gives. The, the listener a kind of indication of what's going on. Yeah. 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 Well, that's, that's, I guess, one of the great things about music is the ability to express things wordlessly, especially emotion. Mm. It's also nice because of the sort of audience that we've got as well. I mean, yeah. the prog audience, they're very much on board with kind of thing, you know, instrumental right. songs. Yeah. You know, they'll, they'll come with you on a, on a nine minute yeah. wordless journey, I think. Whereas, Maybe some genres wouldn't do that so much. So people kind of, yeah. you know, understanding. Mm. Uh, I suppose that's also an advantage of the, you know, we release ourselves on our own nano label. Um, yeah. you know, we don't have to persuade someone to let us do a, yeah. like we had on one of the albums, uh, a piece that was just manipulated flute sounds in a pretty um. I was going to say unpleasant. That's not quite the right word, but it was really unpredictable. Right? Uh, it was very unsettling. That <laughs> unsettling, was representing yeah. something not very nice yeah. uh, in yeah. the story at that point. And yes, yeah, so that was completely, there was no, you know, it was atonal and it was just sound. Mm. Um, and nobody seemed to mind it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I could imagine that if there was somebody else had money at risk for these kind mm. of things, they might not be very keen on that. We can, yeah. That's nice freedom in our genre, and also with the. It's like yeah, it's very it's very nice when you get to hear feedback from people about mm. what their favourite tracks are, and sometimes they'll pick the one you think, "Wow, that's your favourite, really." Yeah, yeah. You know, well, obviously, if it, if it speaks to them, it speaks mm. to them. So yeah. that's you know, fine by me. Know. You never know. know. Yeah, somebody really. Um, yeah. and that's I think that's one thing I. I must express some jealousy for you guys over there because when i hear you talking about the you know the prog community and the prog festivals and all that we mm. don't have that much here in the states to be honest right. the, those things seem to be flourishing very nicely in the uk and europe and all that so you know uh, there's some jealousy and i understand you've got your own gig uh which 
you unknowingly will be celebrating on my birthday in December oh. uh, Prague the Forest. So we'll wait, we'll wait to go ask you. Prague the Forest. So for, for several years we've been started off organising ourselves, and now now it's a joint production with a London Prog gig. So we're a lovely um, promoters who focus on prog in London. Um, we it's a one day festival with all volunteers from a progressive music from a variety of mm. backgrounds. It's quite a broad mm. interpretation of progressive. Because and, we're curated it, so it is, yeah. a broad, it is a broad... And it's, it's <laughs> nice for us. We get to, you know, spend the day listening to people that we want to listen to. Um, yeah. And uh, we... It, it raises funds. All the, all the money goes to... Um, it's the World Land Trust, which is a charity that um, it buys bits of threatened rainforest and other um, uh, vulnerable habitats uh, and puts it uh, into a legal protected status working with local communities. Um, for example, um, if you've got say, two bits of forest and they've got a gap between them, it might be that you've not got enough critical area for a a species to survive, for example. But if they can buy a corridor that connects the two, then you can mm -hmm. then go to a viable ecosystem. So they seem to quite strategically getting land where it, where it has the most um, positive impact mm. for biodiversity. And obviously, with, without rainforests, uh, we are a bit uh, screwed in terms of climate change. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, that's what we. Um, that's what that festival raises for. Yeah. So I think so. It's about forty-two. About forty-two acres. Forty-two acres. Now yeah. we've raised enough for it to be. Yeah. All, all the bands yeah. give their services for free. Yeah, you know. it's all volunteers and, right. and uh, people. So it's, yeah, it's, that, that's come up in the last few years, isn't it? We've got uh, we're sort of mm. building on that as well, yeah. year on year. So, uh, right. so that's what that for. Because so, I know the world doesn't know my birthday. It's what December third, right? And at the Fiddler's Elbow in Camden. Yes. Yep. So that's a, that's a nice venue. That I mean, they've been very supportive to us from day one. Really, we we're just yeah. starting, um, and yeah, it's lovely to be able to yeah put on what's now become a yeah. It's now in the in the, in the prog calendar. <laughs> nice, excellent. Other things you guys have going on on the uh, on the burners that you're getting ready to be involved in. Well, we're off to. Brighton, yeah, pretty soon. Um, to Hove uh, next next week or so, next couple of weeks. Yep. Uh, Play down the seaside. Yep. And uh, one we've got the Emerald Dawn. Yes, with a band called the Emerald Dawn, who again, one of those bands we just yeah. keep bumping into. They're, and, they're, they're, they're lovely, and they're also very yeah. supportive of. They're based down in Cornwall. Yeah, they? they're based yeah. a long way away, but um, yeah, they're a fantastic band. And uh, so that's the next one. And then we've got a launch gig for the album yeah. actually coming up uh, later in the year as well. Is that se 20th of September? I think. Yeah, 24th um, of September at the Camden Club, yeah. which is not too far from the Roundhouse actually on Chalk Farm Road, the old you know, Roundhouse, which is still going. Uh, and it's, we're going to sort of um, maybe do a couple of sets. Yeah, so our plan is we're, we're the Wood Demons, who are also people who've uh, joined us in Falcon Forest previously they're going to be joining us uh, for a set and then we're going to be doing two sets um and it's going to be quite different to our normal stuff in that we're 
when some of it we've taken where people have asked for things that we've not done before and also obviously things from the new album but um yeah. which we haven't played yet yeah. <laughs> uh, but also yeah so we kind of with the, the aim is we'll be playing at least one track from all seven albums yeah and there, might be, there might be a, a Q&A a Q &A section oh, yeah. as well. We'll have a little Q&A from the audience. Oh, yeah. So we can submit questions and uh, we'll hopefully answer a few in the, in the, in the time as well. well. Okay. So a lot of things, honestly, in the works. You guys sound like you're, yeah. you're keeping very busy. And uh, are you starting to feel that, that rise in the profile these days? Are you... yeah, we like it, actually. I think, yeah. I think, yeah, since the last yeah. couple of albums, I think. I think since, yeah. I mean, we... We did um, for this album. We've not done before a a pre-sale thing with um, people getting name in the booklet. We had enough space in the booklet yeah. for I think forty or fifty people, yeah. and um, you know we we hoped maybe a couple of people might be interested, um, but we sold out of those within the first day. First day, yeah, yeah. Um, Having said that, that's probably now that everybody is interested in the album. So, you know, it's a niche audience, but yeah. we're very grateful. For More cupboard space it. needed for, for the other <laughs> No, no, so we've been really pleased. So for each album, we uh, seem to be getting more people interested in yeah. listening. More reach. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah, and we're grateful to all the year we get you know, quite yeah. a lot of uh, support from broadcasters around the world yeah there's so there's so many radio shows and podcasts out yeah. there that play our stuff that you know again it's it's it's, it's, a, it's a lovely thing to know that someone in australia mm. has heard your song you know or someone in indonesia has heard your song or wherever you know so. yeah that is the upside of the modern world is you can you can That's the upside of the modern world yeah it has got some upsides to it yeah. <laughs> yeah. so and that's and that's the great thing and and again i love the discovery um the rise in profile for you guys is, from what I'm hearing, absolutely much de uh, deserved. It's, 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 thank you very much. I, I've listened through the last couple of albums, uh, very much enjoyed them. I've enjoyed what you, uh, the first two singles out. Um, first one, one's the title track, right? I'm suddenly blanking on it. I didn't have that written in front of me. <laughs> okay. So, what we, um, so we, if, if people pre order the album, they get yeah. access to two tracks um the light mention mistakes and one of the instrumentals and then we've also had this the single burn the world which is in aid right. of the world land trust and yeah. then i think there will be well maybe i'm tired yeah so then we're going to put out i'm tired and everything hurts as a kind of um a, as a single in aid of uh, research into that edition uh and then that's probably the only single before then the album comes out in september yeah i think the, cool. I think I'm all right yeah what i've heard so far sounds great keep it up um right. I, i'm sorry i actually it was it would have been nice I, i'm going to be in the uk um but in scotland the first two weeks of september as oh, soon as you were oh. talking about you know a release gig in september i'm like ooh. And then you <laughs> the 20th or 23rd or something like that and i went ah, yeah, we, did, we did actually do some gigs in uh, edinburgh a couple yeah. of times actually which were they were part gig, part lecture. Yeah. Gigs. So, um, so I'm in my, I used to be a medical school teacher, and right. you know, um, some some of the stuff we've written about has some overlap with my interest in uh, evolution and neuroscience and things. So yeah, we did um, done a couple of events where it's been a combination of a lecture interspersed with songs that relate to what we've just been talking about, and those have been fun. And yeah, I think 
unusual. Yeah, unfortunately, COVID got in the way of that. Yeah, and, that was that. Unfortunately, going back. Yeah, yeah. That's very cool. Well, guys, you know, I really appreciate your time with me today. I, it was great talking to you. It's I, you too. very fascinating to hear the background and how all this stuff relates to your lives. Um, but that's always the part that I find most fascinating with yeah. a lot of it. Anyway, the whole creative process. I wish I had talent so I could. <laughs> once in my life but in the, in the meantime i just enjoy uh what witnessing those who do have talent and talking to them a bit about what they're doing so i i, I do appreciate the time um oh absolutely I, I wish you tons of success with the album and uh with all the gigs you got coming up uh i i hope you kill it with frog the forest and i wish i could be there but uh, I don't know. Maybe someday I'll be able to be more of a jet setter and get over there a couple times a year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, if you're in the UK, let, get in touch, let us know. And if we've got something going on, we'll get you a, a backstage pass. And <laughs> bring you in. Yeah. Excellent. That would be awesome. Thank, well, thank you. you very much. Take care. What a delightful pair of chaps. I'm so glad I got to talk to them. Mark and Malcolm are just uh, really just enjoyable and, and so well read. There's always somewhere to go with the conversation. There's always something cool to talk about. And just hearing what inspires them and hearing what's motivated them through all of this was really uh, a very enjoyable time for me. I really want to say once again, send out a big thank you to Mark Gatland and Malcolm Galloway for their time and for talking to me. And I really appreciate it, guys. The new album, The Light of Angels. Ancient Mistakes. It's available for pre-order now and going to be out in little more than a month on September 9th. And don't forget, December 3rd, they're going to have their benefit show entitled Prague the Forest. That'll be at the Fiddler's Elbow in Camden, UK. Check that out and you get to see a whole bunch of other bands along with it. And it's all for a good cause. Thanks for joining me once again for another episode of Bleeding Edge Interviews. Don't forget, tune in to Toxic Radio every Sunday, all day Sunday for the All Prague all day brain salad sunday that's where you get to hear all the music that we just spent time talking about in addition you can locate me out there in the world of social media whether it's on twitter where you can find me at bleeding triple underscore that's three underscores edge or maybe on facebook where you can find me at bleeding edge show or last but not least, you can also locate me on Instagram, bleeding underscore edge underscore show. Matter of fact, I'm also on threads now at this point in time with that same handle. Find me there. Let me know what you think of the show. Let me know what you think about Prog. Let me know what you think about what you had for dinner tonight. Doesn't matter. Check me out. Give me the like and the follow. And thanks once again for joining me for Bleeding Edge Interviews. And remember, don't be afraid to deviate from the norm. Keep it proggy. This is Super Dave signing off. 